Welcome to the River Downstream, our podcast. Here are a couple announcements about what is happening with us in the upcoming weeks. Because Pastor Dale was away sick last week, I am going to let him take over announcements. And then give us today our daily bread from the Lord's Prayer. Take it away, Dale. Hey, good morning, y'all. Welcome to uh, the river and uh, welcome to Sunday where we uh, get to worship the Lord our God together. So uh, a great... uh, Yes, it's just great to be to do so. Exactly that to be together. So last week um, I had to leave you before we could uh, be, finish the service because um, I was a little bit ill. I'm still not out of the woods, but um, Andy Stanley took care of you. Yes, did Andy Stanley take care of you? So I've I've done that once before in a different church where I had Andy Stanley come in and preach and. And then the following Sunday, I asked people what they thought, and there was this, you know, applause. And I says, you know, I always worry about bringing Andy Stanley in, because when you sit down and you watch him, it's like, well, we don't need Dale anymore. <laughs> See, that's not the response I got at the last church. Somebody, the, the octogenarian in the church says, we thought about it. <laughs> Anyways, it's all good. Hey, I wanted to say uh, thank you, thank you for your prayers, um, but also just thank you for um, say how much you provided for the Benevolent Fund. For a family in need in our church and your response and just how much we were able to help the family was tremendous. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It was awesome. It, it was a blessing. And, and then speaking of giving, I was talking with somebody on the finance committee and I heard that we are in a really good shape financially. Uh, we are ahead on giving over our expenses. So once again, you know, you have demonstrated here at the river that you just have this generous heart and open hands and obviously open wallets as well. So thank you so much for being part of the river and thank you for being part of this community um, that we call the river. So it's, it's, it's a real pleasure to serve you and to know that there is this heart uh, within us all. So we're here to worship. We're here to worship the Lord our God. Um, I think that Paul, who's away on vacation right now, is really jealous because there's a full team up here. There's a full band. I know how much Paul loves it, but look at Peter. Go. He's, he's just pulled everybody behind him. So kudos to Peter. So uh, we're going to turn it over to Peter and to lead us in worship here before uh, in this conversation that we have with the Lord our God here this Sunday. So please join in. are in the uh, middle of the Lord's Prayer sermon series, and uh, the first three uh, sessions that we had were all about God. It was about uh, acknowledging who God is and what it is that He requires, what it is that He asks of us. And and then uh, Jesus gives us the opportunity then in the last four, in in the last half of the Lord's Prayer, to then acknowledge ourselves before God and what our needs might be. And so there's this uh, transition that happens. Last week, Andy Stanley probably challenged you to say, think about uh, your will be done and how often we actually pray that as opposed to um, prayers that we might pray just for our own behalf, our own requests, our own petitions. And so uh, we now actually get permission to do that. And to start that off is the fourth petition uh, request, which is give us this day our daily bread. 
So if I could ask the children here, if you're all listening to me for a minute, um, we have a picture of bread up here. I'd like to ask you a simple question. Where does bread come from? Yes? Where? Wheat comes from wheat. Anywhere else that it comes from? Yes? From a farm. That's very good. I'm loving these answers. Anybody else? Yes? Farms that make wheat that make bread. Yes. But who, does somebody make it in between? Yes? God. Yes, God. God gives us the farm to make the wheat. Yes. Blessed are you, maker of heaven and earth, you who causes bread to come forth from the earth. Arthur, did you have an answer? Yes? Where does bread come from? <laughs> Love it. Now, see, there's the answer I was looking for. <laughs> bread comes from the toaster. I love it. So what I'd like you to do now is to uh, turn with me to Deuteronomy 8, verses 10 to 18. It will not be on the screen, so I encourage you to follow along in the Bibles that you have in front of you or the Bible that's in your app. Um, and we're going to be reading Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8, verses 10 to 18. These are the, uh, however many verses that is, uh, eight verses that we're going to be reading today um, that are going to help inform us a little bit about this whole idea of give us this day our daily bread. So with the word of God before us, let's just take a moment to pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we pause here in the middle of this conversation just to acknowledge you yet again. Lord, you have instilled within us a desire to talk with you, to speak with you, to pray with you, to have a conversation with you daily. And then Jesus teaches us how to do that. So Lord, as we engage in this uh, discovery, we pray that you would uh, yeah, just spur us on, inspire us, and uh, fill us with all that we need in order to have these daily conversations with you and, and to do so in ways that are good with you, but also good with us. And so this is our prayer as we prayed in earnest. Amen. So in Deuteronomy 8, uh, the first uh, nine verses uh, really talk about uh, Moses is reminding the people about how God brought them through the desert and how he trained them up, how he transformed them, how he changed them. The word that keeps showing up a couple times there is how he humbled them. Uh, and then we get to a transition in chapter where it's now talking about uh, the, looking at the future. So first, Moses reminded them of the past, and now he was, wants to caution them about the future. So verse 10, it says, When you have eaten and are satisfied there in the promised land, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his decrees, his laws and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful desert that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known, to humble and to test you, so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, 
my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. Thus far the reading of God's word and all God's people said. Sam was a chronic warrior. Worrier. <laughs> Sam was a worry wart. If he did not have something to worry about, he would make something up. He always complained, and therefore being around him was an unpleasant experience. But one day, when Sam stopped at the local diner for his morning coffee and donut, he was smiling and humming to himself. All the men in his coffee group were amazed at the sudden change, and so they asked him what happened. Sam explained that he had hired someone to do his worrying for him, so he no longer had to worry or complain. The men were amazed that he had hired, and, and they said, how much does it cost to get someone to do that? Sam said it would cost $1,000 per day. When they asked where he would get the money to pay for this, Sam replied, I don't know, but I'm not going to worry about it. That's what I hired him to do. If only it were that easy to live a life without worry. Or is it easy? As followers of Christ, we know that we have someone who will do all of our worrying for us. One of the great honors that we do God is to allow him to worry about our problems and thus we are free to live in peace. On occasion, and I say on occasion, when I lie awake at night fretting about some problems, I have prayed, God, there isn't really much sense in both of us being awake over this problem, so can you take over and worry about it for me? Sounds simple, doesn't it? Give us this day our daily bread is to ask for the things that we need each day. And Jesus indicated that he will do our worrying for us. Sadly, there is a direct link between how much we already have and how often we see this prayer answered by God. The more we have, the less likely we are to pray this prayer. The less we have, the more likely that we will see this prayer answered. And I call it the bread flow. It's kind of like a cash flow. If we have more than we need to fill our daily quotient, we have a surplus bread flow. If we have less than we need to fill our daily quotient, we have a negative bread flow. And here in North America, fortunate or not, the majority of us are in a positive bread flow situation. Fortunate in the sense that we have been blessed a lot. Unfortunate in the sense that we rob ourselves of seeing God's provisions daily. In Deuteronomy 8, verses 1 to 9, Moses reminded the Israelites that it was God who caused them to be hungry so that they would know that everything comes from God. The Lord humbled his people so that they would deepen their trust in him. The Lord humbled them so that they could, he could see into their hearts. I would venture a guess that maybe only 10% of us here today have experienced anything resembling a humbling by God. You know, where you were put into a negative bread flow position and you needed to pray the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day 
our daily bread, O Lord. If you are one of the 10%, then perhaps you could teach us all a thing or two about God's provision in times of need. Give us this day our daily bread as a reminder for each and every one of us that God is the source of everything good. Deuteronomy 8 verse 10 reminds us that when we have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. Maybe that's half the reason why North America no longer prays the Lord's Prayer. We have forgotten that the Lord our God is our one and only source. We might have said to ourselves, my power, the strength of my hands and my mind have produced this wealth for me. We forget that it is the Lord who gives us the ability to produce wealth. Deuteronomy 10, verses 10 to 18, is our call to remember to remember. I can tell you from past experience that I have not fretted over where my next meal comes from. I have not worried if my debit card will be denied. I have not thought it possible that my credit card would be denied. I have lived in a bubble of excess that not only have I not worried, but I quickly forget that it is the Lord who provides. But I can tell you that recently, I have started to worry about all this. First of all, I worry about all that for me because we have an extended family and we like to feed them a lot. And second of all, I'm aware that the rising cost of living groceries, gasoline, electricity, you name it. You know, my friends are starting to worry about their own bread flow situation. And thirdly, I can't help but worry about all the refugees sitting in refugee camps wondering where their next meal is coming from. And in my worry, I remember that I can ask God to worry about that for me. I can trust that God has my best interests at heart. I can trust that God has your best interests at heart. I can trust that God has their best interests at heart. So how about you? Where is your heart at? Does your bread flow outpace your need to pray? Has your heart forgotten the provisions of God? If you are feeling bad or guilty or saddened by your state of affairs, then please know that you are not alone. Over the centuries as Christians, in our understanding of this prayer, we have equated poverty and austerity to being right with God. The notion that you must be poor to get better with God has been with us for a long time. The whole monastic movement carried with it the theme of austerity. And Jesus seems to have augmented that notion by saying that it was the rich man, young ruler, his possessions that hindered him from entering into the kingdom of God. You recall that he said it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle 
than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So we have equated material riches with spiritual poverty. It's kind of like a teeter-totter. We have equated material poverty with spiritual riches. We have often marveled at how the poor seem to have an easier time of surrendering to God or depending on God. Or they simply seem to have a better grasp of this whole relationship with God better than we. Well, not to let you off the hook completely, so to speak, but in Acts 14, verse 17, it suggests that riches are not a bad thing. God has shown us kindness by giving us what we need in season. He has provided us with plenty of food and he has filled our hearts with joy. And he has done so, so that we might know that he is God. That is his testimony to us. And perhaps so that we might be a testimony for him. The Apostle Paul sees it the same way. He wrote to Timothy saying, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. The Lord richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. I think I just heard a huge sigh of relief in this room. Now the reason I said you're not off the hook completely is because of something that we firmly believe. And that is that we are blessed to be a blessing. The Apostle Paul said it a different way. He said, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. And I believe that that is the gem here today. So that we may take hold of the life that is truly life. Not everyone finds that gem not everyone lives out of that gem. But those that do find the source of everything good is none other than God. Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the full. So take hold of the life that is truly life. Now the Heidelberg Catechism, which is on the sheets before you, Lord's Day 50, says this. Give us this day our daily bread means do take care of all of our physical needs so that we come to know that you, O Lord, are the only source of everything good. It's my prayer that we realize that. That's been a refrain here in the message so far. The only source of everything good. And that in our blessedness, we acknowledge the giver. The fourth petition, this one in the middle of the prayer, is at the heart of what I hope that this whole prayer sermon series teaches us, that we would deepen our trust in God. And the best way for us to deepen our trust is to pray to Him, to be in conversation with Him daily. Which leaves us with the questions, how can we get better at this? How can we deepen our trust in God? What is it that stands in our way? 
And I believe that there is one answer to that question. The Heidelberg Catechism in front of you puts in a request on our behalf saying, help us to give up our trust in creatures and help us to put trust in God alone. Help us to give up our trust in creatures. Interesting phrase. I think what it is meant by creatures is us and our ability to work and to worry and our ability to think that gifts from God are our own doing. Work, worry, and thinking. Our ability to work is the same as what Moses said we would do. That we would claim that the power and strength of our hands has produced our wealth. Maybe it's possible that with enough strength we can work our way through the eye of the needle. Our ability to worry is also the same. We have the ability to think and to foresee possible futures. And because we can foresee them, we think we can control them. And that is what we do when we worry. We are attempting to take control of a situation before we are there. And Jesus says to us all, why worry about tomorrow before it comes? For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. And our ability to think, it often leads us to put our trust in ourselves or others, but not in God. We forget about God. To forget is to claim that we are better, stronger, more capable than God. And we forget that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. So how do we overcome our trust on creature comforts? How do we not rely on work, worry, or self? Well, I think it starts with perspective. Can you all do this? And hold that up in front of you. I know, it's a little tricky to do, isn't it? And hold it up in front of you like a little window. And through this window, you can see things, right? As you pan around, it gives you perspective. You got it, you got it Eric? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So the perspective that I want to give you is the Greek word for give us in the Lord's Prayer is an ongoing request. Literally, it should have been stated as Keep on giving us our daily bread. Keep on giving. Too often and for too long we have looked at the fourth petition as something we would only ask if we need it. But I tell you that the Bible tells us that God is constantly giving to us. The problem is that we are not seeing it as a daily provision. We have chosen to view God as a provisional God. In both senses of the word. Provisional in that he provides, yes. But also provisional in that we choose when we want God to act. And so I'm wondering, I'm wondering if there is anyone here today that would like to share their story of God's provision. Where you truly had to ask God for your daily bread. Is anybody willing I'll leave a pregnant pause for someone to think and decide if that is them. A story of God's provision where you truly had to ask God for your daily bread.
Perhaps you were part of the 10% I mentioned earlier. All right, allow me to close with a story then. John DeFries, who penned the opening worrywort story that I started the message with, he tells a true-to-life story of a church planter in India who asked him to buy him a fishing boat so that he could support his being a fisher of men. The church planting business wasn't going that well. All 15 families that converted to Christianity had reverted back to Hinduism. If this church planter was to survive, he would need to fish in order to put bread on the table. So he asked John DeFries to buy him a fishing boat. John DeFries reached into his pocket to pull out the mere pittance that it would cost to buy a boat, just a few dollars, that's all it would take. But then he found himself saying, no, we don't give money for boats, but I will pray with you for God to provide. John DeFries was as shocked by what he said as perhaps you are today. I mean, really? Just a few bucks? And all you're going to do is pray? The church planter seemed delighted. Yes, let us pray. John DeFries felt like the biggest hypocrite in all of India leaving that church planter to his own devices with nothing but prayer. And it was not until a year later that John DeFries was back in that same village. When John met up with the church planter, he heard the man's most amazing story. He told him how God had not only provided a boat, and the 15 families returned to Christianity, but more so the church grew by leaps and bounds. In fact, nine more churches were started. And John was amazed at the power of prayer, but more so of the trust displayed by the church planter and, of course, by the provision of God. And so I, like Moses, command you to put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Amen. Amen. I'd like to invite uh, Pinky and family to come on up here at this time. She's just going to gather Asher and Anagruha. Uh, they are going to uh, say the Lord's Prayer, lead us in the Lord's Prayer here today in their own language. I'm not sure if she's going to speak all. Are you going to talk to us about the province and the language or you want me to do that? Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> All right, so um, Pinky's language is uh, Malayalam. Um, I really, if, did I say it right? No, of course not. <laughs> How would you pronounce it? Malayalam. 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 It's a palindrome. It's, uh, you can read it backwards and forwards and it still says Malayalam. Hey, Asher, how are you, man? Good. So they're going to be, uh, they're from the uh, southwestern uh, province of Karali. Eastern, south. Oh. Okay, well that's, yeah, no, it's okay. So um, it's spoken in, uh, by about uh, 34 million people in India. So they're going to lead us. And then on the next slide is the, uh, the words that they have. 
and the translation there as well. So they're going to lead us in prayer. So would you please join together in prayer and then the uh, worship team can come on up. The guest in Naya, Nangalupirave, Nindinamam, Parishutu Magirave, Makapit, Nome, Nindisam, Sugatulpole, Bumilu Magirame, Nankarishanale, Aham, Tinitanome, Nin. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this recording. Just a reminder that you can find our website at rivercommunity.ca. There you can find our events calendar with information about upcoming messages and gatherings, or sign up for currents. Feel free to send us a message on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Our services start 10 o'clock Sunday mornings, and you are welcome to come early for coffee, tea, and bagels. Have a great week. Bye-bye.